Welcome to another episode of Nobody Asked for This, a diet culture takedown. I'm Kendra. And I'm Megan. And we are excited for season two, episode four. Mm-hmm. And while we're recording this, I am, as usual, here in Nashville, Tennessee. Kendra, where are you at? I'm in Virginia, as usual, but the twist, I'm in a new city. What? Say more. I have moved officially to Richmond. If you've listened for uh, a hot minute, you know that I took a new job and moved to Richmond um, 11 days ago. So I am a fresh baby in Richmond and fresh baby. (laughs) I like it. I'm no. a fresh baby in Richmond. Also, I didn't even like think twice until you repeated it. I meant to say, well, it's not any better what I meant to say. What do you mean to say? Fresh Richmond baby. Oh. That's not yeah, any better. I mean, it makes more sense, I think. Yeah, but it's not any better. Anyway, yeah, it's been great. What I love so far and what everyone keeps telling me is that the food scene is really good. Mm, and important. the art and culture scene is really good. I've already been to the ballet and I'm going to the opera in two weeks. I'm very excited. Whoa. Um, yeah. Hey, culture. Um, hello, I'm a seven. I'm all about the experience. Okay. Like, sure, dive sure. in everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. It's very high Anyway, route, but... <laughs> I play, I play like, um, I like to keep people on their toes, you know, keep it high and low, mix keep it high, high and, low. and low. Yeah. That's <laughs> all I like to do. <laughs> but anyway, I, okay. So, so far I have been to just a handful of restaurants, but I have in my first 11 days here yes. been to one restaurant twice already. Okay. Say it. What is <laughs> and it? And it's a restaurant in Carytown, which is like, I could walk to Carytown from where mm-hmm. I live. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called the daily. That's what everyone mm-hmm. calls it. The mm-hmm. full name of the restaurant is the daily kitchen and bar. And it is delightful. And I've had brunch and I've had dinner there and it is great. In less than 30 seconds, tell me both of your orders. Oh, Oh, I don't remember when I got it brunch. 26. What I got at brunch. Okay, what'd you get? Oh, I got an omelet. I got an omelet at brunch. Uh It was delicious. I got, oh, I got. You have 20 seconds left. I got roasted chicken, mashed potatoes on asparagus with the best gravy you've ever had, and a roasted, um, uh, what are they called? I love them so. What are the green things kids don't like? Um, Green beans. Brussels sprouts. Yes. I love Brussels sprouts. Roasted Brussels sprout appetizer with cheese and cashews. And it was and like a balsamic vinegar. It was so good. And a glass of wine. Love it. That's great. Was that fast enough? No, but it's fine. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm so glad that you're enjoying your experience. I can't mm-hmm. wait to hear more about it and to come visit you. Yeah. And I can't wait for you to just throw out more fun Richmond facts as you learn more about this new city of yours that you're it's a fresh in- baby in. I'm a fresh baby, and it's a very interesting place, so I will certainly have a lot to say about it. Cool. In our upcoming interview, our guest is Kate Moore. Mm -hmm. You've heard her name approximately 2.5 million times. On every episode. On our episodes. She's the owner of a gym here in Nashville called Get Fit 615. It's a great gym. It's a great interview. She's great. She's great. 
Kate is a really lovely human. We are so both so happy to know. Mm-hmm. And Kate, a thing you need to know about this upcoming interview is that yeah. Kate really enjoys mm-hmm. fuck, saying the word fuck. She does. She sure does. <laughs> um, so just know that it's coming. before you listen. Yeah, it's that's in your future. Mm-hmm. And uh, we talk a little bit about her journey with body things and diets and we talk about eating disorders. So, uh, make sure you're taking care of yourself. And if that's a trigger for you, um, you might want to hop out. We talk about some eating disorder behaviors, things like that. She talks also some about how she experiences diet culture and she's also someone who has thin privilege. And I think it's just interesting to know that none of us are None of us are kind of exempt from experiencing diet culture. So Kendra and I in the episode kind of address how people with thin privilege experience diet culture and they can have like an internalized fat phobia towards themselves, even though they have thin privilege. The difference is that people in big bodies are affected by diet culture in public spaces and within institutions and systems. So we just talk a little bit about that difference. And just as always, we want to remind you that this podcast is for information and entertainment purposes only. So if you are looking for professional advice, you should seek it somewhere else. But listen, because it's real fun. Yeah. Here we go. Here it is. Now it's time for Shut the Fuck Up, where we talk about diet culture and fat phobia in pop culture. Yes. Today's is a little different than <laughs> usual uh-huh. because we have our very first <laughs> drum roll, please. No, no drum roll. No, it's not good. It's not good. Um, we have our very first retraction from the yeah. Fat Friendly Hall of Fame. Really quickly, I would just like to say that I learned what that word meant in a movie called Harriet the Spy, as I'm sure many people did. Retraction? retraction? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Great film. So what we're retracting, let's take a deep breath and allow us grace. Allow us grace, please, listeners. Don't, Don't leave us now. We're learning. What we did was we have this segment called our Fat Friendly Hall of Fame where we name people that have been a good example of fat activism and taking down diet culture. And we named someone, and now we think we kind of have to take it back. Because now they have a talk show. Yeah. And I think their true colors are showing more than they had in the past. Yeah. And that person is Kelly Clarkson. Yeah. It's sad. I have really enjoyed Kelly from the beginning, honestly, from her idol day. Yes. Her idol day, her idol days of, uh, you know, she really is just who she is. And that's, I, I think that's true of her. She, she, who she shows you who she is, is who she is. Like, I don't think she's holding anything back. But unfortunately, what's really starting to come up in her talk show that she has is a lot of her internalized fat phobia. 
towards mm-hmm. herself. And if you've watched any of it, I'm, I, I, I think you've, you know what I'm talking about. You, you've seen it. Um, an example would be that she, re- she had not a few folks from American Ninja Warrior on great show. Love the show. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, and one of the people that she had on was a woman who had completed, um, like gotten the fur the first woman to get the farthest on a certain level. Okay. And basically, the whole time Kelly was talking to her, she was d- downing herself, like comparing herself to this woman with these strong arms, these biceps, and she's never she ne- doesn't have that, and never going to have that, and. Oh, she's never going to be in that kind of shape. And she just, all this kind of just like, uh, I don't yeah. know. It's not great. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of constant. It's a constant throughout her interviews with people. And sometimes it's like awkward that people don't know how to respond. <laughs> like, oh, really? Interesting. No, it's fine. And then they just kind of right. brush it off, you know, and yeah. move on. And, you know, it's unfortunate because she now has this like even bigger platform, honestly, that she could be bringing attention to these, the issues that are plaguing her in the fat phobic society that we live in and um, that internalized fat phobia that she carries. And maybe one day she will, and maybe we'll put her back in the fat friendly hall of fame. (laughs) We can always dream. We can dream. And to be clear, this is not cancel culture. We no. still love Kelly Clarkson. She's an incredible vocalist. Uh-huh. And um, we have, you know, like nothing but compassion. And I think what would be cool is what if she talked about, uh, the, you know, and just was vulnerable and talked about the things that she struggles with, but then recognized that they are socially constructed ideals of beauty mm-hmm. and their ideals that value thinness and devalue anyone else. And right. I think if you look at it that way, like, how do you, how do you argue with that? I don't mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we love Kelly and we send her all our love and we yeah. hope that we, I do hope we can put her back in the fat friendly, you know, I, I hope too. she is able to kind of op- be open up to those ideas and change her perspective on herself in that way. So, yeah, I agree. So to internalized fat phobia, we say. Shut Shut the the fuck fuck up. This episode's been brought to you by Non-Metal Armless Chairs. High-impact sports bras that don't give me uniboob. Lizzo playing the flute while twerking. And our favorite Lizzo song, Exactly How I Feel. One, two, three, four, dun. That's That's exactly exactly how how I feel, feel. dun. That's That's exactly exactly how I feel, feel. dun. That's exactly how how I I feel. feel. We are here with Kate Moore, owner of 
It's already giggling. <laughs> she finds her name Yo. hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> We're here with Kate Moore, owner of Get Fit 615, Bilba's Nashville's friendliest gym by I hope so. maybe Nashville Scene or something. No, I said that. You said that. Great. <laughs> Owner professed. <laughs> friendly is self declared friendly. There you go. I could not I'm think of that kidding. word. That's not real. I know you because of going to the gym. Yeah. Yeah. I so I love it too. Yeah, We're thanks. definitely going to get into it and talk about it. First, I want to know about your body timeline and mm. what that means for us is growing up, what beliefs did you have about your body and mm-hmm. food and movement mm-hmm. and feelings mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all that jazz mm-hmm. very mm-hmm. broad stuff mm-hmm. 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 well <laughs> gosh it's like where do you start like yeah where do you start we've noticed with our guests and with ourselves too there was usually a moment like i yeah. was six when i was like oh my body, something's wrong with my body. Yeah. Was there a moment? Or did you think your body was great? No. Like, there was no moment of ever thinking my body was great. Mm. There was, well, and it's like, for me, it doesn't feel like there was a moment because it feels like it's just always been a conversation amongst my family. So, like, my mom is this is really petite. I have the same body type as, like, my dad. and it, mm-hmm. And it's just like... I don't know. I don't know how to describe the way that we look other than it's the way that we look. And it's not petite like my mom. And all sides of the family always talked about, what are you eating? How are you, you know, like, like you go to Graham's house and you have to have, like, there's more food, but also like you've gained a few since you were last year. And it's like, what the fuck? Grandma said that. Oh yeah. And bless my, bless Graham. A few years ago, she's 94 now. And a few years ago, after my granddad died, she had to get her hip replaced. She had some colon cancer she had to get removed. She had some breast Mm. cancer that she had to get removed. And finally, the doctor told her, like, you know, Lil, you need to gain some weight. And she said to me, at like 90 years old, she was like, all my life I've been trying to lose 10 pounds. Mm. And, like, I was like, fuck that. Yeah. Like, but that's really real. And so she was like, I don't even know how to gain weight. Because literally for 90 years she's been trying to lose 10 pounds. And, like, that was a defining moment for me where – like, I, I knew that that isn't where I wanted to be, but it was like, that was like, oh, fuck that. Yeah. I do not want to live my whole life trying to do one thing. And I want to do some stuff that's more important than that. And then I went to that all-girls school, and it was like, I just felt like I was, I don't know, I'm, I'm t- taller? Fucking 5'8". I don't know. I just felt huge. You felt like I felt huge in comparison to all these like tiny little blonde chicks, you know, from my hometown that all right. went to the school and had all been going there and they all wore the same stuff. And I came in like in ninth grade and I was like, oh, oh, I didn't know that's what we were doing. And right. I just never like I not only did I not fit in, but like I definitely didn't belong. Mm. And then it's like. I've never wanted to like date a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. And and so then the assumption was like, I don't date because I look the way that I look. That like that has to be the only the only thing. People thought that about you. I don't know. You who thought, thought that about that. yourself. I thought that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean nobody told me that. Right. There's all sorts of things that I feel like you 
you just kind of like pick up and you internalize. Yeah. And in fact, a friend of mine texted me yesterday and they were like, the stuff that we internalize from like society and pop culture or whatever is literally like killing us. Because everybody wants to pinpoint like, well, who told you that? Right. Who told you that? Right. And it's like, I don't, nobody told me that. It's just that like... Everything told you Everything that. told me that. Nobody That's the other thing. It's like every magazine, like as far as like everything that you see has got lose weight on it. Yeah. Like here's how to lose 10 pounds. Here's how to drop your baby weight. Here's how to mm-hmm. drop your... The weight you gained after college. Like your freshman 15. You're like whatever. And it's like you have a fucking freshman 15. Yes, probably because you started drinking. Also because you're not 18 <laughs> years old anymore. Right. Your body's growing up. You and have like to change. you have to change. You're growing up. Like yeah. this makes sense. Yeah. And stop calling her to freshman fifteen. Yes. Stop it. Yeah. I feel like that's similar to an experience I had of the whole like, well, where did you hear this kind of thing? Because I didn't spend a lot of time in therapy, mm-hmm. and part of cognitive behavioral therapy is uh, learning about cognitive distortions, mm-hmm. and one of those is projections. So I remember telling this story to a therapist who wasn't coming from a Hayes approach. Hayes mm-hmm. being health at every size. And I would say just like, I just, you know, when I walk down the street with Eric and he's in a small body and I'm in a bigger body, I just feel like people are looking at us and thinking, why does she deserve to be with him or something? Mm-hmm. And she was like, which I get part of this, but she's like, okay, but has anyone said that to you? I was like, well, no. And so she was saying, well, you're projecting that. And I was like, okay, but people hate fat people. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, but my lived uh-huh. experience has brought, has brought me to this, like, well, and Kendra made a great point. Nobody specifically says that shit to you because but we know that it is a shit does. thing to say to somebody. Everybody yes. cognitively knows. Yeah. But everything tells you that. Yeah. Every movie tells you that. Mm-hmm. There's that one line about, well, I don't know, can't believe he got her because yeah. she's a 10 and he's a 6 yes. or whatever. Like, yeah. that is some bullshit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and nobody says that to your face, but, like, you look at that and you're like, oh. You get that message. Yeah. It's not just well, from your own brain. Yeah. Well, you mentioned that you when you went into high school you kind of you were you felt like you were bigger mm-hmm. than everybody or whatever, but you now you know you you were just normal and mm-hmm. or whatever, you were who you were. Sure. And um I'm wondering it so so would you have said you were fat then? Like is that an is that oh, an yeah, identity? Totally. To, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and like part of that comes from like I remember going over to like friends' houses, and then you know when you share clothes with your friends. Yeah. I could never share clothes with my friends, mm. and that is what that translated to. My dad is like playful and has always been like handsy and playful, and you know like he used to call us like you know like fat kid, and he would say it in like a really playful way. And mm-hmm. so like looking back, like I know that my dad did not mean any harm by that, but that was totally internalized. Like I was a fat kid. Mm. You know, and the way that I heard like my grandparents, you know, to my aunts, the way that they would kind of speak about it to my aunts. And they'd always, especially one of my aunts, like my grandmother always harps on her for the size of her body, literally no matter what it is. Mm -hmm. So bless her heart. Like I've seen like her like yo-yo diets over the years. Mm -hmm. And I'm just, I'm like, damn, I recognize that she maybe doesn't always feel loved by my grandmother. Yeah. So, so like, this is her trying to, like, please my grandmother and make my grandmother happy, but my grandmother was always taught that she had to be losing 10 pounds, so probably so should everybody else. Right. Yep. And right. no matter what your weight is, 
you should probably be trying to lose some because right. the audacity for you to exist in life without trying to lose weight, like as a woman, yeah, who are you? What do you think you shouldn't be trying to get smaller at all times? And yeah. that speaks to how thin people can experience diet culture, but it's very different than than fat people's experience of diet culture yes. in the systemic ways that that fat people right so i've i've always been able to like shop it wherever i want to shop maybe nobody like experienced me as being fat Mm -hmm. over the winter i was really depressed and and i had given my tv away to one of my friends i had been like hey will you keep this because i'm gonna start reading and then i was like depressed and i was like fuck that i need that tv back tv's got me i know i dropped it off this morning but if i could get it back And like, also, will you put it in my bedroom? Because I'm not planning on getting out of bed. Yeah. yeah right. So that was really real for me this winter. And um, I was like, great, I'm going to watch something like so wholesome. Yeah. And so I watched Gilmore Girls. Mm-hmm. And something that pisses me off to no end, which of course I never would have realized 10 years ago, is like they're always talking about food and they literally never eat anything. <laughs> and like something that I always wanted to be growing up was like, cool girl like and this for me was like in relation to boys I was going to be cool uh, which means that I have no needs which means that I eat hamburgers for like 30 meals a day Mm -hmm. like and and you like salads are for girls that like don't know anything uh, and and like what is that what like and there was all this thing all these articles about like don't um if you go on a date don't get a salad because then you're like not cool and you're like what if i want to eat a salad yeah yeah damned if you do and damned if you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't but but you're not allowed to eat hamburger if you're fat because then if that is the case then it's then it's like whatever i i don't know then this is your own fault yeah it's this weird thing of okay one eat salads because we want to be thin right um, but if you're on a date, don't eat a salad because then you're high maintenance. Okay, sure. Mm-hmm. And if you're fat, just never eat food in public because you're going to get criticized for it. No or, matter what it no is. No matter what it is, people will come up and give you nutrition advice. Mm-hmm. And because the belief is that um, your fatness is the sum of food choices. And, yes. And, and probably movement. Yes. And and all of that is bullshit. Yeah. Every bullshit. single part of it. So back to kind of what Kendra was touching on. First of all, you have a website called It's Kate Moore. I do. It's got a blog on it. Yeah. So good. One of your blog posts is about how you saw yourself as a fat person. Mm-hmm. And then when you came to realize that you had thin privilege. Mm-hmm. Can we talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Well, so the gym came about because, like, when I was like, okay, what kind of space, like, what kind of space do I want to create here? It was like that I had hit a point where I was just so tired of counting calories and work. Like I used to work out with this guy and, and I'd walk up to the door and I'd be like, just leave. Like you don't have to do this. Cause his workouts were just like, just like so defeating and so hard. And like his energy was just like, I'm never going to be good at this, mm-hmm. you know? And so I just felt so tired and so, like, in creating this space, like, and I started it when I was 24. And so I didn't have the awareness for all, all of the things I do now, which makes sense. Also, something to know and something that I know about myself is, like, 
also the shame that comes along with learning things. Mm-hmm. And for me, there's a lot of shame around like ignorance because yeah. that growing up to me was always something that was like a way that somebody is like ignorant people are bad. Yeah. And it's like, and, and the answer to ignorance is like knowledge. Like I can learn this mm-hmm. and I can figure this out. So, so there is like a piece of it that is like shameful to me that, that I used to be somebody who talked about calories all the time. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm sure there were people like in my circles who were like, Kate Moore did a lot of damage to me, you know, oh, yeah. and I hate that. And I'm sorry about that, team. <laughs> and you're welcome to the gym anytime. <laughs> I swear I won't talk about calories. Yeah, so I did my yoga teacher training in 2015, and we did an exercise that was like, what's, basically it was like a lie that you tell yourself. Mm-hmm. And my experience with this, which I think is a great exercise, because it like, it brings up like, What's something that I've always known about myself to be fact, and then I've presented to the world in this way. This shows up with me everywhere I go. Um, and everybody's is, is is normally some sort of like, I'm not enough, mm-hmm. um, which is great. Like if that like really lands for you and you're like, I'm just not enough, and then I can work on that, that that's totally fine. I find that it's helpful to get really specific about like in which way do you believe that you are not enough? And in this exercise, I learned like, oh my God, like I show up to exercise because this, I show up in social circles because I believe this, I, you know, like Mm -hmm. the way that I show up everywhere is with this belief, like I am fat. Mm -hmm. And so first it was like the recognition of like, I'm not. And then it was a recognition of like, well, what do I even believe about that? How did you come to the recognition that you were? I don't know. Yeah. It was more the recognition of that I believe that so deeply and that that showed up. Right. There's like this picture of me and all, like my girlfriends at this like dance thing in high school mm-hmm. and like they were all wearing these like cute outfits and I had showed up in like jeans and a black t-shirt that came like all the way up to my neck, you know, like a crew neck mm-hmm. shirt because it was like I don't want to be seen. And I was always the one who was like, I'll take the picture, you know, like all that kind of stuff. And it was like, I think part of the thing for me was like, well, what, what would be available if I just went ahead and let that label go? Yeah. Like what's available beyond that? And I was like, oh my God, like a breath of fresh air. Mm -hmm. Like so much is available beyond Mm -hmm. that. And then like immediately after that, it was like this deep shame of what is it that I believe about fat? Yes. You know, right. In yeah. general. Yeah. yeah. Why is that? Yeah. Why is that such a bad thing? Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. Something that I want to make sure is clear about our podcast is that we are anti-diet culture. We're not anti-dieters. Oh my God. So absolutely. Yeah. There's room for everybody at this table. We want to befriend you. We want to walk alongside yes. you because... You're a victim too. Right? Yes. Then people are also victims to diet culture. Absolutely. And we we don't, you know, we're not against anybody who's trying to gain more privilege or feel better about themselves. Yeah. Like we right. get it. There's and the, and the deep belief that you will be more loved if you are a certain way. Yeah. Like, honey, of course you yes. want that. Yeah, of course. Of, of course. course. And and what if what if you can be loved? in just the way that you are like yeah. what does that feel like like I just got goosebumps just thinking about that like yeah. what if you can just like be 
loved and held and appreciated and completely worthy in whatever it is, just the way that you are. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm sweating. <laughs> <laughs> that means it's good. Ah. Yeah. Something for me is also what if you thought more about how you feel about yourself than how other people feel about you. Yeah. That's huge for me. That's because oft- oftentimes that that is a you you then project that on other people. Yeah. Like oh, if you sure. are if you are a uh, somebody in a thin body who ex- ex- obviously experiences thin privilege and you see yourself as fat and you say that out loud to other people or with yes. other people around, you know, being aware that people who understand and know you to be in a thin body who are who are fat and hear mm-hmm. you saying you're fat what that does mm-hmm. for what they they now know you believe about them that's that thing yeah. where it's like well did anybody say that to you and it's like no but it was modeled to me over and over and over again. right right yeah 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 yeah, yeah. totally so what led you to want to own a gym so i started gift at 615 in 2014 as it was just like a blog and it was around the time like there were all these like boutique fitness places popping up, which was not something that we've always had. Like the Y was a thing, right? Lifetime Fitness, whatever. These right, big a lot box of chains. Gyms. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so in Nashville, all these little boutique trainers and stuff seemed, and maybe they were already there, but whatever, they were popping up in my awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, wow, like where are you? Where, how do you find out about these people? Really, like how do you know about them? So I just started get fit six one five it as like a way to like I would like call up somebody and be like what's up I have something called get fit six one five and um, I just found you and would love for you to teach a class somewhere and I'll invite people and then they know about you oh that's cool more. yeah like for instance we did an event there's a gym over in Germantown that had just opened up called Provita and I was like let's I don't know like y'all just opened like can we like invite people here? And the guy was like, yeah, like, can we make sure it's not more than 14? And I had been like, oh man, it probably might be like five. Like, <laughs> definitely wouldn't worry about it. And we teamed up with Girls on the Run and I asked for people to bring some money for Girls on the Run. And I asked for somebody from Girls on the Run to come and talk about like what that is, which is a great program. Should look it up. And yeah, like 30 people showed. Oh wow. And I was like, oh, sorry. And they, they did a great job. They just, like, cut us in two different, like, heats, whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, it was great. And they, they taught a great class. And it was a great way to get people, like, into that space and be like, if this is how you like to move, now you know that this is available to you. So I was working for a festival at the time. And I knew I was, like, doing this on the weekends. And also I was doing it at my desk at my job. Secret. <laughs> so the space that the gym is in now that that guy was like, I like kind of don't want to be here anymore. Like, I don't want to do this. And I want to go home. He's from San Diego. And I want to move home to San Diego. And I was like, cool. Well, like, let me know what happens in this space. And he was like, yeah, okay. And then I had been practicing yoga at the yoga, yoga studio that's above. And um, I said to them, like, at this point, they knew that I had this blog. I, I tried to make it so that nobody would know who I was. And to be completely honest, part of that was because I didn't want to be, uh, I was like, no one will believe that I am the leader of this because of the way that I look. So that was for sure part of the reason that I didn't want anybody to know it was me. Because they won't come to this if they know that it's me. Trust you. She doesn't know what she's doing because of the way that she looks. Wow. Yeah. So 
um, the yoga studio gals were like, hey, like, why don't you open up a gym? And I was like, I have no fucking clue how to open up a gym. And, um, and they kind of were like, well, we kind of think you could do it. And I was 24. <laughs> and I thought so, too. <laughs> <laughs> And you know, like they were, there was this one guy. He he's this great. He's a great personal trainer in town. His name is Joe Powers, and and Joe came and talked to me. Like I didn't know him, but he was like, "Hey, you girl, you got the energy for this. You're gonna have to learn a lot of stuff really fast." And I was like, "Okay." And he was like, "But I I kind of think you could do it. Like you you seem like you could figure it out." And I was like, "All right." So I got to to learning. Learning, 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 learning. <laughs> and then this feels like it fell into my lap. The festival was the first weekend in September. I knew I wasn't going to quit until the festival was over. The gym lease began on October the 1st. Wow. And so that timeline to me was too, like, you can't yeah, not can't do it. Yeah. 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 And so the first class I taught had one girl in it named Rachel, bless her. <laughs> and then, like, eight classes after that had nobody. And then, like... One person came, and I was like, "Why?" And then like somebody else came, and then like they brought a buddy, and then like this next person brought a buddy, and then here we are. Wow! And I think that's really cool. I do too. And I think like not having any gym ownership or trainer experience, I had never had somebody tell me how to do it right. Mm. So I was like, I'm gonna provide what I need. Mm-hmm. I needed for somebody to not talk to me about calories. I needed for somebody to just, like, let me have fun and try stuff. Yeah. So when you started the gym, that's, that was your kind of vision for it, was to just, to kind of, to for diet culture to not really be part of it? Did you have that kind of clarity at the time, or was it more just, you just trying to figure it out? and Just trying to figure it out. So when did that come into play? Like, how, well, how did that change happen for you? Or so focus? before I opened up the gym, I had done... The Whole30. Mm-hmm. And the Whole30 led me down. So there's an eating disorder that has evolved, and it's called orthorexia. Mm-hmm. And orthorexia is like the obsession with healthy eating. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that led me down a path of that. And and then with that came the fear of, like the fear of gluten. Mm-hmm. So then I'd eat something with the assumption that this is about to make me feel bad. And then, in fact, it did make me feel bad. Mm-hmm. Because I was like, I assume that this is going to make me feel bad. Yeah. Or tired or whatever. And our brains. Mm -hmm. We create that. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I don't know. I seem to have a pattern of getting tired. (laughs) But like, I don't know. Like somewhere along the line, it was like, what the fuck? This actually doesn't make me feel bad. And then it's like, I don't know. Somehow I kind of came out of that. I don't really know the answer to that. But there was a lot of like, yeah, learning things along the way. Mm -hmm. A few years ago, I did this thing on, you know, Instagram used to be something I just scrolled on and saw everybody's wedding and baby pictures like over and over again. And I was like, fuck this. So I literally just unfollowed everybody. And now the only thing I follow is like shit that teaches me stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe that was a big catalyst. Like, Instagram can be a great mm-hmm. tool. It Cur- really can. And Curating now, what you follow is a yeah. big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And, like, it's important to f- to follow stuff that, like, teaches you stuff. Yeah. That doesn't shame you, that you don't right. feel 
compare it like you're not trying to compare well, yourself. Hold on, or... I'd like to offer something about oh, shame. Okay. Here's the deal with shame, I think. I'm and there's a chance that I learned this from Rachel Cargill. Hmm. So like something that we hear all the time is like unfollow shit that makes you feel like shit. Unfollow people who make you feel like shit. <laughs> 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 um, and then and then it's like, okay, does why why does that person make you feel like shit? And then there's the skinny Instagram chick and it's like I get why she makes you feel like shit she feels like shit to be completely honest right you know like yeah um maybe maybe I don't know that but she's presenting a an ideal of thinness sure that reinforces my those like deep deep things Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. whatever it's not helpful yes right um so so but then there's folks like Rachel Cargill for instance who sometimes, when her shit comes up on my timeline, I'm like, motherfucker, <laughs> damn it, I'm horrible. And then it's like, okay, this makes me feel like shit because she just pointed out a, a deep, like, implicit bias that I did not know existed. And then there's shame. For me, it's ignorance that comes up with that. But that shame is a tool. Mm-hmm. And that is useful shame because then I recognize, like, an implicit bias that I have mm-hmm. towards whatever um, it is, and now I get now I get the opportunity to do the work on that and yeah. to be better at being a human being and to be better at letting letting and inviting other people to be human beings. Yeah, I might make the distinction between guilt and shame sure. in that scenario. Like, I agree. Like, you, I want to follow people who don't think like I think because I want to be pushed in who mm-hmm. I am and broadened and to for those things to come up. Mm-hmm. But I would call that guilt more than I would than I would call it shame cuz shame I think has to do with your personhood like yeah. that you're shame because something's wrong with your with who you are as opposed to for you're me, doing that's something how wrong. That feels, so. That's how that feels though. Okay. Like All that. Right. That's how, yeah, that feels like, I, that's a, like a shame statement for me. Like, oh my God, I am ignorant. And this is just another, mm. uh, this is just another time somebody's showing me that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what I have to do with that is like one hand on my heart, one hand on my yeah. belly. Like the, tr- the truth is, is that you didn't know this before. The truth is also is that you can do some research. You can get on Google. You can read some books. You can learn more about this. And so... I, f- I feel you with the, the difference between guilt and shame because that is really real. For those of you who don't know, Brene Brown talks about the difference between guilt and shame. And she talks about, like, guilt is like, you steal something and you're like, oh, no, I'm sorry that I stole this. The shame piece of that is I am a thief. Yeah. Um, but for me, a lot of times, yeah, I don't, I think that it's important that we don't vilify shame. Because we get to look at it. We don't mm-hmm. have to hold on to it forever. It's information. It's just information, yeah. That then we can let go of. Like for me, like a shame statement was, I'm fat. The truth is, not not only am I just not, uh, but now I get to look at what do I, what is it that I believe about that? So like for me, for me, it's like the the shame statement of like, I am ignorant, and it's like, okay, well, um. Like, okay, what do I believe about that? And my belief is that, like, um, like I mean, just the honest truth is, like, if you're ignorant to X, Y, Z, you come from a shitty background, your parents don't care about you, you didn't get a good education, which is somehow, like, I don't know, somebody's fault. 
Right. You know? Right. And and then the piece for me is like, because, I mean, I've had a great education. That was really important to my parents um, to make sure that that happened for me. And I'm so grateful for that. Mm-hmm. And so with that, I don't know. I I don't want to be, what do, what do I believe about people who are undereducated? God, oh my right. God, we're unpacking some stuff. <laughs> yeah yeah i can see where both of you are coming from because i know for me if there is shame if there's some sort of body shame that's for sure not motivating and that is research-based yeah if there's shame about i didn't know that we this country was so rooted in white supremacy yeah 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 there's something about that that maybe i give myself permission to say or, or maybe it's like, okay, don't um, center yourself in this and make this about right. your own, like, oh, I'm so terrible. I'm never going to yeah. get it right because that's not useful. Right. So saying like, okay, like you said, I didn't know this thing, hand on my heart, hand on my stomach. I can research this and then I can do better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it also puts yeah. the onus on, or maybe not the onus is wrong, but the, like shame is the, this internalized view that you have of yourself, which kind of devalue you allow to yeah. devalue yourself and isolate yourself mm-hmm. whereas guilt has a component that is not as attached to sure. self so you i mean in some ways you can shift that shame understanding that to no this is actually i feel guilty because i don't have this information sure. but i have steps that i can go get this information whereas shame yeah. can often leave us in that space of Isolation and it's me and I'm terrible. Like I, I am terrible. Not I did yeah. something terrible. Do you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, I want to know about sort of the vision for the gym now. Oh yeah. So when you walk into the Get Fit, first of all, there's a big rainbow. It's painted on the side, right? Mm-hmm. And then you walk inside, and you see all people are welcome here, mm-hmm. and a list of everybody who's welcome. Mm-hmm. What else? Oh, on the bathroom, it's just like. If you're a human, you get to use this. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it exactly says. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's it doesn't say anything. It's just the, like symbol. the trans yeah, symbol. Gotcha. Tell me about that. Yeah. Part of like all of my unpacking and all of the things is like, where it comes from first is like, oh, it's important for me to make space for people who, who have maybe experienced eating disorders or body image stuff. And because of my experience as a thin white woman... My belief was that uh, this affected people who looked like me. Mm. And I kind of just never, you know, it's called, this is called privilege. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, it, w- it was never in my awareness that this it affected other people. Right. Um, so the gym is mostly, right now, thin white chicks. And I love them. They're wonderful people. Everybody yep. who comes to the gym is wonderful. Yep. And... People like me are welcome and invited into any other gym. Yeah. Anywhere. Yeah. And so as I've learned about who's not welcome, I want to create a space where no matter who it is and what their body can do or what their body looks like or how they feel in their body or whatever, that they know that they can walk into this place and feel like no matter what it is that they do, it, it's enough. And bodies are politicized. Yes. And so there's a big 
period a few years ago where I was like, oh, I can't talk about politics. Like, this is this is like a no zone. You know, like, I don't, like, why can't we talk about politics with our families? Why is it, like, what the fuck? I fucking argue with my family all the time. <laughs> when that Kavanaugh stuff was mm. happening, I sat my dad down. And I was like, Dad, as a woman, you have to listen to me right now. Yeah. And we got to have a huge conversation about this. And that brought me and my dad a lot closer to each yeah. other. Yeah. So, like, I'm an eight on the Enneagram. Did I already <laughs> mention that? <laughs> like, as I have been working with that, like, I am ignorant, mm. and as I've educated myself on a lot of these things i feel like that it's my responsibility like my social responsibility to have these conversations even when i feel like uncomfortable because it's like too fucking bad yeah it's uncomfortable to be in a marginalized body yes i mean it's more than uncomfortable yes right everywhere yeah so part of what i feel is that as as the gym owner like, we've lost some clients over this stuff. Mm. Um, there have been a lot of people, not a lot, a handful of people who were like, hey, because of this, I don't, I'm not going to come to this space. And there was a lot of turmoil for me over, like, well, who's welcome here? And, you know, like, am I not making a safe space? And then it's like, what I hope one day is that, like, everybody who believes anything can be in any space together and that... Perhaps Brene Brown posted that thing that was like, I wish that all churches were, everyone was safe, but also everyone was uncomfortable. Yeah. That's kind of what I want for the gym, yeah. where everyone is actually physically and emotionally safe, but also uncomfortable because right. we all have things to learn from each other. Mm-hmm. And if you're unwilling to get comfortable in there with whatever your political views are, that's totally fine. You can go anywhere else. Yeah. There are a lot of people who can't go everywhere else, and I want to make yes. this a safe space and for those people. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for that. Sure. I just really am grateful for the work you do. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Let's talk about snacks, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the sweet things and the salty that we eat. Let's talk about snacks. Let's talk about snacks. Let's when do we, it. This is the part where we talk about foods and normalize the fact that eating is something we all must do. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. We all have to do it, and we're not going to moralize it. No, we're just going to talk about <laughs> okay. it and do it more. Okay, here's the snack I am currently obsessed with. Okay. Caramel M&M's. Yeah. I mean, they're so good. I'm not a big caramel person. Me neither. I tried caramel M&M's and they're just the best. So I went to Kroger or whatever grocery store you go to, I'm guessing, also has Publix. Yeah, I'll just name them all. (laughs) And um, went to go get some. And they now have one... A million different kinds Mm -hmm. of M&M's. Maybe I'm late to the party, but I can't. I was like, there's pretzel Mm M&M's, there's dark chocolate, dark chocolate peanut. There's jalapeno. No. Jalapeno. No, there isn't. Yeah, sorry. I saw those in a gas station recently. I didn't buy them. Wait, what? I had a lot of questions. I don't know. Maybe I should have bought them. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, next I time. might have to next time I see him. Yeah, I like how anyway. they do their bags now, too. Yeah, so they have them in different... Um, they're different sizes. They're all resealable. Yes. Really? And yeah. Yes. Wow. So you can get like just your individual, you know, like you would get at the movies, which uh-huh. don't. Pro tip. Don't ever buy your candy at the movies. <laughs> Go to the Dollar Everybody Tree. Everybody knows that. <laughs> uh, Hot tip, you guys. You heard it here first. Uh, FYI, definitely had to teach purse. somebody that last week. Okay? Get a big, step one, have a big purse. And step two, don't go somewhere where they check your bag. Something that I noticed about the caramel M&Ms, uh-huh. they are misshapen. Oh. Well, they're okay. like, all right. They, I don't know about they, misshapen. Or uniquely shapen. Yeah. You know what? Oh my God, this is my own internalized shape belief coming out. Absolutely. I just like a smooth M&M, but yeah, you're right. I need to let them be what they yeah. want to be. Yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Because are you then saying also peanut M&M's are misshapen? No. They're very smooth. (laughs) It's a smooth M&M. I like it. I do. I think peanut M&M's are my favorite. They're my favorite. They're my favorite. Okay, so let's go all the way back to M&M's for a second. Because the bags are in various sizes. And the way I like the way they named them. So the first, so there's like your individual bag, your typical, we all know what that is, bag of M&M's. Then they have the first version of a resealable bag is called sharing. And the second next bigger size is called family. And the biggest size is called party. (laughs) It's so celebratory. (laughs) But I do want people to know that they can buy party and they can eat all of them themselves. Well, yeah. You You don't don't have to be at a party. It doesn't specify. Party for one. It's just a party. Family of one. Who wants to be at it? Sharing with myself. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Your friends could be your family. Hi, friends. The the back, my back molars get one, and my front, my front teeth get one, and my tongue gets a few. Yeah. So good. Okay. We talking about other things. What's your favorite snack, Kate? What is a snack that you like? I like snacks. I like. I like for meals to be made up of snacks often. Mm. I like things that are crunchy. I like dips yeah. with crunchy things. Ideally, I'm having chicken salad, guacamole, salsa. There's always hummus just because, like, it just it's always seems to be there. But, like, I could take or leave hummus. Yeah, same. Yeah. Hummus is... I, like, keep buying it. I know. I buy it, too. <laughs> it's fine. And I'm like, do I like this, though? Yeah. The answer is no. The answer is <laughs> no. Are you only no. buying the, like... Just the traditional version, or do you get the kind that have like the red chili, the other the yeah, olive I mean, I oil? Those. Stuff, the but I, I like for there to be a lot more of that part. Yeah. Oh my god, pesto! Yeah, favorite, oh. mm-hmm. favorite. And then and then crackers of all sorts mm. for dipping. Yeah, yeah. I like and that's dips. how I like. That's how I like to eat meals, and also snacks. Yum. Snack meals, snacks as meals. Let's talk about snacks. We like to move it, move it. We like to move it. <laughs> Kate Moore. Hi. We like to talk about movement. One, we like to call it movement, which we yeah. also noticed that on your blog, you also call it movement. I'm into it. And we like to talk about movement that we find joy in, which is a principle of intuitive eating. Mm-hmm. What movement do you find joy in? I like all kinds of movement. It just, I like, honestly, it depends on who I'm with mm. and what the tunes are going to be like. Okay. Who I'm with has a big has. I don't want to go somewhere where, like, if everybody around me has one of these vibes that's like 
we're here to burn calories. I'm like, so I'm going to go. Yeah. And I will get up. I will get up and leave a class anytime. I'll roll up my mat and just get up and walk out. You know why? Why? Because I'm an adult. Yeah, you are. And you can't That's trap right. me in. I, tr- I had to leave a yoga class recently. And it was like, there were mirrors everywhere. And everyone was just staring at themselves in the mirror. And I just like couldn't deal. I, it was just like, I had, I kind of had like an anxiety attack. And you mm. should know that I'm like a certified yoga instructor. And like, I teach fitness class. You know, like, this should be a place where like, I feel like totally normal. And I just was like, I don't have to do this. No. And I rolled up my mat and tried to leave. However... The front door was locked. No. The front door to the yoga studio was locked. And I did that yeah, thing where I like the grabbed inside. the handle from the inside and I'm like, get me out of here! <laughs> and then I like took a deep breath and I was like, okay. Like, you're actually okay. This is okay. Yeah. And you can sit out here and wait for the class to be over. This doesn't mean you have to go back into the class. Right. But you can just wait. Yeah. And I just waited. Yeah. And I was like, when the teacher came out to get towels, I was like, I'd like to go. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Tell Why me. would the door be locked? I'm very concerned. A yeah, lot of times when they're in, in like a yoga studio, because like you'll, they'll lock the front door once you go into class so that um, like nobody's going to come in that if there's not somebody at the front desk. Oh, I and see. Then, but, but I will say like... People need to be able to leave the space, yeah. and so there should be a way for you to get out Agreed. without having to have a key. Yeah. Like, that was like, you can't do that to people. Mm-mm. You literally cannot lock people, force people to stay in in, in, the, building. in your building. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. It's not okay. No. And, like, what if I had been having, like, a panic attack and needed to Absolutely. get out? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Or any other emergency that would have Absolutely. Happen. Absolutely. What is your favorite class to lead? To lead? Mm-hmm. It is so dependent. It really depends on, like, the squad of people for me. Like, the, the energy in a room is a big deal for me. Let's say energy is high. It's your people. Yeah. It's people that have been there for years. I like to, uh, when when it's that way, like, I feel like I can be, like, as real as, as possible. And I can go, I can really say exactly what it is that I mean. Um, and nobody's going to be like, oh my God, what is this lady? You know, like when there's somebody new, I try to be like, okay, like, I'll be like a little bit more like PG about whatever sure. it is that I'm saying. But when I can look at like somebody in the class and be like, listen, tr- you know, like try this. When, when people are here, when people are near me who are really into movement for the sake of movement and like trying things, yeah, that's really fun for me. Yeah. Cause I, I like to help people try stuff. And that to me is like such a trust thing. Like yeah. they trust me that I haven't asked them to do something that I already know that they can't. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times fitness instructors ask people to do stuff. And that's like such an ego thing for the fitness instructor, I think, mm. to ask somebody to do something like and then to get to say that they did it in your class, but it's like but can they do that and is that safe and do they want to do that? Is this yeah. about them or about you? Mm. I love teaching like group class like group fitnessy classes where people are where all kinds of people are doing all kinds of different things yeah. in one room and that we all like it's not just about me holding space for that it's that everybody else in the room gets to hold space for that and I think that that's really neat the inductees for our fat friendly hall of fame are Sabrina Strings, author of Fearing the Black Body, 
The Racial Origins of Fat Phobia. Charlotte Cooper, the author of Fat Activism, a Radical Social Movement. And our guest, Kate Moore. These are the people we've been waiting for. We are the people we've been waiting for. And that's our episode. Thanks for listening. We want to let you know if you've listened this far, we're going to let you in on a little tidbit. A little goss goss. Yes. There was a, a whole story that we had to take out of the interview that is super, super, super good <laughs> um, about um, Kate's experience breaking up with a brand. And mm-hmm. as part of our Patreon, when you see it launch, you uh, would have the opportunity to hear it if you join our Patreon. So you'll get things in these interviews, probably like bloopers, probably like juicy goss and probably some great introspective thoughts <laughs> so join our patreon we... it'll come out yeah. very soon kendra what's your secret weapon clapping <laughs> it's true. True. i'm an excellent clapper and it's possible that we might do some clap out takes as one of the <laughs> <sighs> the content you've been waiting for and would love to pay for clapping out takes <laughs> I kind of met my commentary after. I always pat myself on the back for a bit of a clapper. <laughs> you do. What if I just did like a super cut of you being like, that was a good one. That was a good Ooh. one. Ooh, good Ooh, clap, Kendra. Oh, that one's so good. Let me do that again. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Megan, what's your secret weapon? Yeah. I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm having a hard time coming up with one. Uh, let's say interviewing. I've been doing a lot of interviewing lately for jobs. Well, I guess I would have more offers if I was really good. I wasn't going to say I guess, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess my secret weapon is not getting, like, anxious or worked up about an interview. I kind of that enjoy really them. That really is a secret weapon. That's like a legit life skill secret weapon right there. Yeah. Really? Yeah, thank you. Uh, again, doesn't seem to translate into <laughs> job offers. However, it seems yeah. nice. To be there and be like, hey, I get to meet another person today. Do you know what the podcast secret weapon is? Tell me. Ratings and reviews. So head over to iTunes. Even if you don't listen on iTunes, you can go over and rate it on a desktop, on your phone, on an iPad, by Carrier Pigeon, whatever way (laughs) works for you. And hit that five-star rating. And if you really want to, leave us a review. We'd love we love to read them, and um, they encourage us to keep going. So thanks for yeah. listening. Thank you. We'll see you Bye. next episode.